Hello everyone, welcome back to Relax with Animal Facts. I am Steph Wolf and today I am going to be learning with you about our furry, scaly or possibly even slimy friends. In today's episode we are going to be talking about another furry friend of ours, the um, wonderful Wolverine. Um, so this is a special listener episode dedicated to Wanda. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and for uh, suggesting such a um, such a cool animal that we all get to learn about together. Um, so this episode wouldn't be possible without you. So thank you for listening and thank you for writing in. And if you would like to have your animal on the podcast or if you just want to send in um, you know if you just want to say hello, you could always send an email to relax with animal facts at gmail.com and I respond to each and every one of you that write in because I I love getting fan mail from you guys so um, yeah you can write in if you'd like Um, and I have some a few special announcements before we get into the show today the first is about the patreon Uh, so it is patreon.com slash rwaf podcast for any of you avid listeners of the show and you want more content more video content I have uh, reduce the price of the Patreon to just $3 a month. Um, so for those of you that want to have um, episodes, video, exclusive video episodes, um, I am doing them bi-weekly now. So if you want to have two episodes per month that are just special uh, for you Patreon listeners or um, subscribers, I guess you could say, um, you can head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. Um, and for only 3 bucks a month, you get to have more Um, relaxing time with animal facts. So the second announcement is that the RWAF podcast is on Instagram. So you can search up that that same handle, RWAF podcast. And there I have already uploaded um, a few few different things, one of which is actually a furry friend of mine, which is my uh, special little uh, doggy uh, known as Molly. She's a golden doodle and she's a very avid listener of the show. So if you'd like to see my golden doodle there, you can go to the Instagram uh, RWAF podcast. Um, and again, thank you so much for those of you who are following on Spotify and continue to follow. We've been getting so much support recently um, and it really helps um, grow the podcast and help other people find it and relax with all of us. So this is a podcast family, and um, the more we grow, the more people we reach, and the more people are able to learn about animals and, and relax together. So without any further ado, let's get right into the show. So today's uh, sources are coming from factanimal.com, livescience or livescience.com, After all these episodes, I still don't know the proper pronunciation um, and National Geographic. So we have three different sources today. Um, There was a lot of of information about the Wolverine. It's a very, very special animal. So why don't we just get right into it? So if you've never seen a Wolverine before and you don't want to go on a Google image search, uh, the Wolverine looks something like a skunk, a bear, and a dog all mixed into one. So with very short legs, long hair, and, and sort of a elongated snout. So the wolverines have a distinctive mask of dark fur around their eyes specifically, um, and 
their forehead as well. And they will have a stripe of blonde or this sort of ivory fur that runs from each shoulder to the base of the animal's tail. So very, very interesting animal and looks looking like a mixture of three different animals. Very similar um, to the sort of weird mixtures that we've seen in, for example, the platypus episode, another fun episode where we see that an animal resembles, you know, a, like a, a mixture of all these different kinds of animals, which is really interesting. Um, so the adult wolverine is about the size of a medium-sized dog. So the wolverine can grow to a length from between 26 and 42 inches and a height of between 6 and 10 inches and can weigh between about 12 to 55 pounds. So we do have a very common that, that kind of large range of weight because it can depend on males, on females, and on different sort of subspecies because there are subspecies as well. Um, so definitely a medium-sized dog. So medium-sized dogs can be maybe 30 to 70 pounds in between that sort of range. So I can definitely see where this dog comparison comes in. And a large male can weigh up to 71 pounds, and an exceptionally large male can reach uh, uh, 77 pounds. So very, very large um, for these guys. The males are going to be larger than the females by about 30%. So again, a very common trait among many, many species that we've covered on the show. And the, uh, the Eurasian wolverines are said to be even larger than the North American variety, with average weights of about 44 pounds. Uh, so as an example, the wolverines that are found in, for example, northern Canada, uh, you know, shout out to my Canadian, um, to my Canadian friends. Um, so the wolverines found in northern Can uh, Canada can range from about 22 pounds to 34 pounds. And that's the discrepancy between females and males of the same species. Well, compared to the Alaskan wolverines, um, they can weigh from about 21 to 37 pounds, so a little bit larger. And even in Finland, the average weights can range from 24 to 28 pounds. Um, and in Norway, 22 to 32. So we see that in these different sorts of regions, we see differing sizes. And this can do with the specific, um, this can do with environmental pressures to select for heavier or for, you know, um, and for less weight. So um, I don't know exactly because it doesn't, it doesn't say, but usually when we see these sorts of weight discrepancies, um, of the same species in different areas in the environment, it can do to things um, that select, it selects for uh, members of the species to be certain weight because they survive. So that is what is most important. Um, and the words powerful and versatile are definitely used to describe the predatory skills of the wolverine. So it will most often hunt for small or medium-sized animals, but it will sometimes take on um, you know, it'll sometimes bite more than it can chew, I guess you could say. Um, so uh, sometimes it'll go for those very, very large animals. Um, and it is not uncommon for a wolverine, so we're saying a medium-sized dog, to take um, down as, uh, an animal as big as a deer, for example, which is super cool. However, the, the fairly normal prey of the wolverine are going to be animals such as uh, mice, rabbits, uh, voles, gophers, things like that, even beavers, chipmunks, porcupines, which must take a skilled hunter to, to, to really get um, through to a porcupine. As we know, they have very, very sharp uh, quills 
all around so they're, they're fairly armored so their only exposed part is their belly and that usually takes a good amount of effort to get to um, and squirrels as well so um, these guys are, are very very versatile in their hunting so wolverines are considered to be scavengers so scavengers are these uh, terms that are associated with with certain um, animals that have to do with um, their eating habits so an animal might be a, a carnivore and a scavenger and a scavenger just means that the majority of this animal's meals are made up of carrion specifically so this has to do with already um, already deceased animals um, so animals that have already been taken down by another predator and are you know there's there's bits and scraps left another very common animal in the scavenger category that feeds mostly on carrion for example, would be the vulture, which is also another very cool animal to cover on the podcast. Very creepy looking, but uh, nonetheless a fascinating animal. So wolverines find carrion in a few different ways. Sometimes, of course, they can stumble upon it by chance. Sometimes they will feed on it right after predators have had their fill, or they might actually rob a predator. So thievery in the animal kingdom is actually not very uncommon. It happens a ton and it is good for the animal stealing it of course stealing the food it is not so good for the animal um, on the blunt end of the deal but for an animal to be able to steal prey means that they not only get food but they conserve the energy needed to hunt for the food in the first place so the animal that actually um got the the other uh got the prey by you know whatever it could have been a chase it could have been whatever it was but they expended a certain amount of energy to get that animal and and for another uh, member of the species to just come and and steal it means that they they get a double win they get um sustenance and they also get the pleasure of saving their energy so while it's not very nice it is something that happens very very often so these animals are very solitary so um, I've, I, of course, don't think that this applies when they're mating because, uh, you know, the, the whole idea of mating for most animals that use the mechanism of sexual reproduction, of course, you can't be exactly solitary. Um, and animals being solitary isn't that, um, you know, rare of a deal. We've covered animals on this podcast a few times where they are indeed solitary. I mean, we've covered um, over 30 animals at this point. So, um, you know, you guys have a lot of material to, to go through. Um, but uh, we've seen so many animals, like, for example, koalas, right, being being solitary animals. That's an another awesome episode. So you can listen to that whenever you have time. Um, and they need a lot of ro uh, room to roam around. And individual wolverines may travel up to 15 miles in a single day in search of food. So for these guys, um, and they're, they're kind of shorter sort of legs, 15 miles is not that um, is not that small of a deal. You know, this this can be very um, this can be very taxing on their energy for sure. And wolverines will actually stash food for later. Also, a, an interesting thing because. Um, dogs do the same things. Many animals do these things because um, it can it can help for them to survive much much longer. So although their eating styles have been referred to um, um, kind of a gluttonous sort of style, so just meaning that they they gorge themselves as much as possible. Whenever there is a lot of food available, you know, for example, uh, for, for a wolverine, 
um, I guess a lot must be truly, truly, you know, an all-you-can-eat buffet, um, the wolverine will store some in a little area where, where they, um, it doesn't say that they mark it or anything, but I suppose they would, or they could just maybe remember it because um, th th these are their, their true animal instincts. Um, and the main purpose for this is to have a supply of food handy just in case during winter time or when there happens to be scarce um, a scarcity in food supply um, and, and different different situations like that. So wolverines do indeed have natural enemies as well. So they are not um, considered what we have covered on the podcast before, which are apex predators. Apex predators meaning that they are on the very top of the food chain. No natural predators. I mean, you, humans are always a natural predator, but um, in the case of the wolverine, they are not an apex predator. So they will some they will oftentimes give up their territory should. Uh, say wolves arrive in the area um, because a pack of wolves um, could probably do quick work of a single wolverine and of course wolverines are solitary animals so you know they're not going to be traveling in packs but a pack of wolverines could definitely um, do some damage if they weren't solitary um, and a wolverine may defend kills against larger animals like wolves or bears not oftentimes if, if, if there's a pack or multiple um, but um, another natural enemy of the wolverine happens to be bears, which is, if you remember from the beginning of the show, um, you know, they were compared to bears, so that's kind of interesting. So um, they do not stand much of a chance against bears, at least, I, I suppose it depends on the age of the bear and things like that, but I imagine a fully grown grizzly bear um, would not be that intimidated of a, you know, 30 to, to 50 pound um, Wolverine. So um, that is just maybe a, um, it's an assumption, but um, that's how I imagine it going. So Wolverine males will form long-lasting bonds with females. So some male Wolverines will live their lives without ever having a mate, but others will end up spending their lifetime in a long-term relationship with two or more females. So this relation, th these kind of um, um, one male to multiple female relationships, especially long-term, which is super, super interesting. Um, this is actually um, one of the rarer cases. Uh, polygamy is very, very um, sort of um, common in the animal kingdom, but to have long-term lasting relationships with, with each of the females is not something I see very often in the animal kingdom. Um, maybe there's maybe there are a lot of animals out there, but not so many that we've covered on the podcast specifically. Um, so the male in the relationships will um, visit the female from time to time. So although they're solitary, they will make time to see their um, multiple significant others. And this is known as polygamy. So polygamous relationships are one, you know, uh, when you have one male to multiple females. Um, so the reproductive cycle for wolverines does have a delay in it. So this me um, going a little bit deeper into this. So if you're wondering when when is the mating season for wolverines, it's during the summertime. But the implantation of the embryo in the uterus doesn't take place until about early winter time, and this um, delays the fetus development stage, which is super interesting. I've never heard of an animal doing uh, having this sort of reproductive system. So if food is scarce, a female wolverine will not produce any young at all, and litters of two or three kits following a about 30 to 50 gestation period 
um, and the kids will grow quickly and reach adult size in about a year or so. So gestation period, a month to a, um, a little bit over a month and a half is the regular gestation period, which makes sense concerning their, um, we'll get into their life expectancies in just a second, I, I suppose. I don't want to ruin that. Baby wolverines, as you, you may have heard earlier, they're called kits. So if you're wondering, um, you know, what they're called, baby wolverines, kits, which is, I, I don't know, I'm not sure where they got that from, um, but kits are born with their eyes closed and are covered in this sort of white fur, so differentiating from the fur of adults, which is also a very common trait. Um, so while the females handle the bulk of the rearing, the males will visit um, and care for the young, sort of, um, I suppose, whenever they can, whenever they have time, or whenever they feel like it. Um, and sometimes kids will stay with their mothers until they're ready to have kids of their own, um, and they're ready to reproduce at about two years old. But um, it is, it is uh, again, common for them to be completely independent at about that uh, year mark, so 12 months. So their lifespan, I didn't want to ruin this. So the typical wolverine will live between 15 and 17 years old in captivity, while in the wild, they will only live to about 10 years. So um, this is one of the shortest life expectancies that we've had on the podcast, especially concerning the, um, this animal's size. So being in that 50-pound range, 10 years is not that um, is not that long of a life expectancy. And I wonder why that is specifically, but uh, it didn't go into it um, that much, but I just suppose that's the way um, that's the way their their genetics are is you know that that's how long they live. So we're gonna go through some quick facts here. So their habitat, we're talking about remote boreal forests and alpine tundra. So they have some range there and they will be in places like Russia, Siberia, um, northern Canada, Alaska, um, uh, certain places in America, the Nordics. So they do cover a fairly vast range. And their top speed is about 30 kilometers per hour or about 20 miles per hour. So that is, for their size, um, of course the four legs definitely help, um, but they move uh, deceptively quickly as, as many of these animals do, which is really cool. So the wolverines, um, they, they have these very um, heavy furs that, that are attractive to many uh, different sort of trappers, you know, so we're talking about human um, poaching here. Um, and they were definitely a target in North America and their, their fur was used to line parkas and, and things like that. Um, but luckily today, these animals are protected in many areas and they are, um, it, you know, it's good to see that they are of least concern, meaning they are not a threat of extinction or anything like that. So that is awesome. So now we're going to go through some quick facts from live science. They always like to put these little facts here. So when a wolverine takes a step, its paw will spread to almost twice its original size as it presses against the ground. And this will make it easier for wolverines to walk on snow. It is like these built-in snowshoes. So uh, those of you that don't live near, uh, or you know, there's even some of you I'm sure who haven't even seen snow in real life before, but as someone who lives in Canada, snow is a very, very you know, common thing. Of course, the snow will vary depending on which part of Canada you live in and, and things like that. Um, of course, I don't have to wear snowshoes to school every day, which is fantastic. 
Um, but um, the way snowshoes work, by having um, this amount of uh, this extra amount of surface area, it helps for animals to not dig too deep into the snow and to have a much easier time traversing, um, you know, deep um, deep pockets of snow. So that's very cool that they have these sort of built-in snowshoes. Um, and other members of the weasel family will include animals like sea otters, one that we we just covered on the podcast, which many of you liked, which which I'm very happy about. Um, skunks as well, badgers and ferrets. Um, so let's get into the name of the of the of the wolverine. Where does it come from? So the wolverine's scientific name is Gulo Gulo, which comes from the Latin word Gulo, of course, which means glutton. So I think that's very very cool. So this is, is uh, I assume, coming from the fact that they, they can eat a large, large amount in a single sitting. Um, but wolverines are also called skunk bear, uh, quick hatch, which, which is apparently of Native American origin, carcajou, which is French for wolverine. I'm sure I butchered that. that uh, for those of you that speak French out there, uh, you can send me an email and I'm probably going to get a, a you know um, mail for this, but I'm, I'm going to say carcajou because I, I don't... That's spelled C-A-R-C-A-J-O-U. Um, they're also called glutton and stink bears as we just uh, covered. So they're called all these sorts of different things, um, but the scientific name, Gulo Gulo, the word gulo coming from the word glutton in Latin, which is, um, I think, very, very cool. So now we're going to finish off this podcast with a special listener mail. So this is where I read your mail um, that you send in to me. I always love reading this on the show. Um, so this one is from Emmy. Uh, Emmy didn't write where uh, where they were from, but um, Emmy writes, Hey, I listen to your podcast and I really enjoy it. It's really fun learning about all the animals, and I love the way you structure the podcast with facts. Could you do an episode on snails? It could be any type. I just think snails are really cool. Thank you, Emmy. So thank you so much for writing in and for listening to the show. I personally think, as well as many of you out there that are part of this podcast uh, family here, that snails are definitely a cool animal to cover and I uh, maybe even next next episode we'll we'll do snails. Um, so, but definitely snails. I think that they're they're. Um, I do not know as much about them as I could. And these guys are in you know they're in my backyard. They're in a lot of our backyards. They're fairly common, but we don't know much about them. So I think it would be very cool. So thank you so much for writing in, Emmy, um, and thank you for the compliment of how I structure the podcast with facts. I appreciate that. So if you would like to um, send me an email or have your uh, podcast animal on the show, you can go ahead and send an email to relax with the animal facts at gmail.com and I will reply to you 100%. I reply to all of you because I I, um, I appreciate um, your support so much. So for those of you that want to hear more of Steph Wolf um, and more about extinct animals on the Patreon, we have covered the saber-toothed tiger, woolly mammoth, the dodo bird. So um, it's a lot of fun uh, and you can go to patreon.com slash podcast and for only $3 a month, you can get access to all those previous episodes and upcoming. So uh, thank you all so very much for your support. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I will see you on the next podcast episode with the next animal. Take care.